Welcome to a bonus episode of Cassette Tape Radio. How you doing? You've not heard from me since last year. I've been taking a little break from the podcast, working on a few other projects. I've been staring at the same four walls every day for the past 500 years. And I've missed you, dear listener. So I wanted to bring you a little bonus episode whilst I'm between podcast seasons. Today's bonus is dedicated to my beloved What Words Are Ours, a poetry project where I showcase deaf and hearing artists alongside each other. From sign language poets, spoken word stars, visual vernacular performers, drag queens, comedians and more. If you listen to the podcast or follow my work, you'll already know about What Words Are Ours. You may have even been to one of our sold out live shows. And today, I've got some stunning performances recorded live at What Words Are Ours. You'll hear from poets Dean Atter, Reese Lyons, Kareem Parkins-Brown and Bayan Goodass-Paul. I'll also be dropping in a little poem. First up, we've got Dean Atter, a writer who was named as one of the most influential LGBT people in the UK by The Independent on Sunday. His work often deals with themes of gender, identity, race and growing up. He's appeared on BBC One, BBC Radio 4 and Channel 4. Dean Atter's debut poetry collection was shortlisted for the Polari First Book Prize and his debut novel, The Black Flamingo, won the Stonewall Book Award. You're going to hear an excerpt from that book now. The question you've always wanted to know all your life, you've wanted to ask someone, what is it like to be a black drag artist? I'm going to answer that question for you, okay? So what is, what is it like to be a, dra- a black drag artist for those of you who aren't? It's knowing when you step on stage, people will expect you to represent all black people. It's being the only black performer on the lineup, not tonight, one of the only black faces in the room. It's worrying if a white performer will do a blackface act. It's worrying your act is too black, not universal enough. It's worrying you're not entertaining enough or fierce enough or shady enough. It's giving up worrying about being universal and being you. It's doing what feels true. It's knowing that doing drag and being trans are not the same. It's gender non-conforming. It's gender bending. It's gender ascending. It's a performance. It's not letting anyone else tell you what your drag means. It's not really for the audience. It's for your liberation. It's knowing that after this, nothing will be the same. It's a rebirth. It's giving yourself a a new name. It's giving yourself a new narrative. It's not letting anyone forget your name. It's Marsha P. Johnson smiling down on you. It's ancestry. It's a black queen who threw a a brick that built a movement. It's building yourself up from zero expectations. It's reviving your history. It's surviving the present. It's devising the future. It's Afrofuturism. It's Afrocentric. It's black, black, blackety black. It's batty boy, sissy, it's queer, gay, and faggy. It's yours, and it's yours, it's mine. It's time to step out of the shadows and into the spotlight. Thank you. All right. 
On today's podcast, I'm showcasing hearing artists, but as part of this batch of What Words Are Ours content, I recorded some vodcasts, that's video podcasts, with two incredible deaf performers, Vilma Jackson and Stephen Collins. Vilma Jackson is a multi-award winning actor whose recent film, Triple Oppression, is a must-see, and Stephen Collins is a performer whose work spans Shakespeare, daytime TV and theatre. Check the link in the podcast description to catch the interviews. Both videos have BSL, captions and some audio description. Right, on to this. It's now come to the interactive part of the evening. There was a, like a collective clench of bum cheeks there, wasn't there? I'm like, oh shit, what's she going to make us do? It's fine, you don't have to leave where you are, it's all good. That was a snippet of the speed poem section of What Words Are Ours. Each show, I ask the audience to hand over their most hated and most loved words, and I convince a poet to write a poem using those words. Okay, I've got here blissful tick, vag, no. (laughs) Personal choice, personal preference. Have you got another one? I have oblong, love, flaps, hate. (laughs) Back in September 2019, the poet Kareem Parkins-Brown was our brave and wonderful speed poet. Um, What's your favourite or least favourite word? Um, I know what my new favourite phrase is, and it's a collective clench of bum cheek. Oh. I I do not know I need... But then... Copyright at TM. I'm trying to work out what the word for a collective clenching of butt cheeks would be. Yeah, like the collective noun. Yeah. A squelch? Oh. (laughs) Right, enough of that. Let's hear the full poem. The title was made up of... There were quite a few words that I couldn't read, but the title was made up of the words that I couldn't use that I could read, yeah? So it's called Boris's Moist Flaps. Um, It's about laughter, so that has nothing to do with it, but it's a banging title, innit? My poetry collection would be called A Collective Clenching of Bum Cheeks. And the first poem will be called Boris's Moist Flaps. Laughs are meant to be filthy. A laugh should not try to be lovely or cute. Big up all the ugly laughs. The rasp, the laughs that create floppy, flaccid, flappy spines. A laugh is an inverted clench. (laughs) Trying to hold in a laugh is like an asshole trying to be a sauna. (laughs) The best laughs are the ones that are not allowed to leave, like being starstruck while you have diarrhea. You love issues, man. These are all... <laughs> Laughter. <laughs> Laughter is concentrated breath. What happens when a smirk visits a sauna? People that don't find anything funny always smell damp. A laugh should be luminous, neon, fluffy, mesmerizing and moist. Mm, moist. Yeah, you like that word? Yeah, moist. Moist. <laughs> 
We only hate it because of how I met your mother. No one hated the word moist before that. A laugh should be straight and shapeless, like oblong bubbles. You can be tickled and the laugh leaves like pus. Leaves, leaves you like how assholes decant diarrhea. But we should laugh all the time. A laugh should be as common as a chestnut. It should be mundane as a department meeting about toast. A laugh should not be pretentious or fanciful. It should not call knickers panties or call a cock a crankshaft. The laugh doesn't have to be erudite. It can be a cock that crows. A laugh is sometimes only acceptable between two, like when your lover farts. My laugh is ugly, but it stays in my chest, like a comfortable cockroach. I call him my little dicky mint. <laughs> it's apparently a scouse term of endearment, yeah? That's a nice one. A laugh doesn't need to be scraped from the mouth. It should not be pulled down from a shelf. A laugh should squirt. Sometimes, sometimes you laugh when nothing is funny. Like when I saw Danielle vomit. A laugh is like a kaleidoscope on the earlobe. They used to think a laugh leads to deterioration. Because not all breath inside you is your breath. So to laugh is to let go. It is when you invert the clench. A laugh should leave easily. Boris should learn something about the laugh. Something crimson wriggles out of the dark and it leads to a rainbow. You wonder why the poem about laughing keeps mentioning assholes more than lips? Well, that is because all beginnings have an end. And humour is based on the first half relating to the second half, otherwise known as Parapsidokian. Um, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Kareem Parkins Brown is from Northwest London. He is proud to be a Barbican Poet alumni and the 2019 Roundhouse Poetry Slam winner. He has collaborated with the Barbican Centre and Tate Britain, and you can find him and all the other poets featured today online. Follow them, support them, love them. If you like what you're hearing, you can support this podcast and my work in general by buying me a coffee. Chuck us a fiver or a tenner or a quid, whatever you can afford to spare. It all genuinely supports this work. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash Talia Randall. We're going to change gear now and welcome the fabulous Bayan Gadaspur a poet, writer and Twitter enthusiast. Also a former Roundhouse Poetry Collective member and Barbican Young Poets alumni, she has performed at various events and spoken on many panels, including Female Muslim Creatives event, Glory in Dishonour, regarding feminism within the realms of Islam. Bayan was also part of the legendary Onwar Poetry Collective for Women of Colour. And this is Bayan with Ode to Camden, recorded live at the Roundhouse. 
Odes to the demigods in school uniforms who climb onto picnic benches. Corners of white shirts untucked and blowing in the wind. A sail mast for anywhere, somewhere other than this estate. Or a white flag for everything creeping within the estate. An ode to the drunk on the bike screaming DJ Khalid into every open window. <laughs> Cackling at the car horns. The entirety of a being rests on someone else knowing how, how loud you can laugh and how well you can swerve the dangers you put yourself in. An ode to the piercing shop who let me pay them in lottery scratch cards and who have seen more of my body in the last year than any man. Both wield sharp objects, but at least a piercer knows that where they're aiming. At least the piercer knows how to pretty up a wound. An ode to the man who threw rocks at me. True story, he actually like threw three rocks at me for no reason. An ode to the man who threw rocks at me from across the road and went back to a tree to collect some more. I didn't want you to miss either. The temptation of a memory seeping from a cracked skull seemed too much. I am sure I wouldn't have moved from the spot, moved closer even if I didn't have a mother at home. An ode to the girl crying under the bridge who didn't say anything when I asked if she wanted a hand to hold who looked, as we all do, when we realise that surviving means someone else has to offer you the flesh of their palm in order to know that there is a surface they are pulling you to. Ode to the road that means coming across Kareem and Roxy, to that one time while listening to Andre 3000, who even this late, after a shift at a way better job, is so low his halo stay way low, it feels like a bent, and so low that he can see under the skirt of an ant, and so low I need my friends to be more okay than me, and so low it feels selfish to ask them to continue into the next day so that you can haul your body out of a fetus position, and so low I can't admit that I, wouldn't, I would have lost my bearings five minutes away from home had it not been for his hug. Ode to the loud neighbours scooping the moon out of the sky at 6am and saying good morning to the part of the city where grit and concrete will either kill you young or flower your body with bruises until you remember how soft your body has always been. You're listening to Cassette Tape Radio, a mixtape style podcast featuring comedy, poetry and interviews like this one. Poetry before us was kind of quiet. You know, you might have had tea and crumpets, you know, and sat around and maybe whispered to each other. You mm -hmm. didn't talk too loud. And then we put um, brass knuckles on it and punched you in the face with poetry. Mm. We gave it a rowdy sound, you know, we, we turned up the volume. And uh, it became a war cry in many ways for a lot of people. In my mayonnaise half-life, I spent a year washing. I held a rifle, clay pigeon shooting with a gang of toffs who said they were hard. I used to be a sister. He was 24 when I stopped. There were a few times when I relaxed my screw face on the night walk. Late summer balm had me all loose. Dad once told me I should have been a wrestler or a singer. Once, my screw face sister gang had me shooting clay toffs. Late summer, they were spent on a night walk with a 24.
held a year when Dad should have been a balm or a rifle. He used, I stopped washing. There were a few times when I said who I was, relaxed, the all of me. I, pigeon singer. I, loose wrestler. I, told to be hard. A late summer wrestler once used me, had me on a rifle. Be loose, he said. I spent 24 times washing my screw face with nightwalk balm. A few toffs were there. They were all a gang. Should I have told Dad? I was a sister, a hard pigeon, who stopped the year shooting clay. When held to a singer, I relaxed. That poem was by me, Talia Randall. It appeared in issue five of Bath Mag, an excellent online poetry journal. I'll also be releasing a sign language translation of that poem in early June as part of an ongoing collaboration with Mia Ward, a deaf BSL interpreter and performer, and Becky Barry, a hearing BSL interpreter. Watch out for that. Right. I'm going to close the show now with one more incredible speed poem written from audience suggestions. The poet in question is Reese Lyons and the live recording for the show was totally corrupted but I managed to catch up with Reese via Zoom to recreate the moment. Audience suggestions that were given on the night were travel lodge, meringue, someone shouted the word crockery very loudly and very passionately from the back of the audience, and Crockery became the title of the poem. Reese Lyons is a transgender writer and performance poet based in London. She graduated from the Brit School in 2017 and then went on to become a Roundhouse Poetry Slam finalist in 2018, where her poem went viral and has been viewed over three and a half million times. Through writing and performing, Reese seeks to challenge audience perceptions around women, gender, sex and sexuality and deconstruct oppressive narratives around marginalised groups in society. Please get ready for the one, the only, Reese Lyons with her poem, Crockery. We're in Travel Lodge. You turn to me and call me beautiful. And with the taste of morning after meringue on your breath, I knew I should have never shown you my fucking crockery. Thoughts run through my head. Does he know what I know? Does he even care? He looks so nonchalant sleeping next to me. Does he know that I know that he has done this? Has he done this many times before? Did he do this on purpose? Does he do this often? Am I something he seeks regularly underneath the sky and amongst the mist? I feel at the mercy of my body. I'm ready to leave. Ready to pack my plates, my dishes, my cups and bowls and parts of me away and leave the travel lodge key in my place. Until you roll over and whisper in my ear that you didn't know. And that... You don't look at me any differently. And that last night was amazing and that you think I am 
inspirational. But I don't care. I can't stop thinking about the unwashed sieve sitting on top of the fridge. Cassette tape radio. Cassette tape radio. Cassette tape radio.